You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We're looking at a book of the Bible. Five points for anyone who can say what book of the Bible it is. Who said Genesis? You've even preached one of these messages. Proverbs, that's right. We're looking at the book of Proverbs and uh, we've been on it for a while and uh, we, we, we feel like, I feel like, you know, we're finishing it in the end of June, but I, there's still so much that I know we won't cover. I, I hope you've been continuing to read through it. Have people progressed through the book of Proverbs? Um, I find Proverbs, especially as you get through it, uh, there, there becomes a little bit of a challenge in that every verse is something different. You know, there's not necessarily a continuity of thought, but each verse is worth meditating on. What is, what's the message here? So we've been trying to um, unpackage some of these topics that we don't often talk about, but they're in Scripture. They're there. You know, even in our life groups, we looked at this interesting topic of, of not frequenting, frequenting your, your neighbor's house too often, otherwise they'll hate you. You know, don't overstay your welcome. You know, not too many times we look at it in our life groups, those kind of topics, but, you know, really good, valuable lessons of life. Don't, don't be a nuisance to the people that you call your friends. Um, we've also looked at money management and, and uh, saving for retirement and all those sorts of things that actually are covered in Proverbs. I'm really sorry, but there's a spider right here that's <laughs> just distracting me. There we go. I could just see it coming down and maybe landing on Tom. Anyways, I'll get focused, don't worry. We've looked at handling our relationships. We talked last week about holding our tongue, not speaking all the time, uh, being guarding what comes out of our lives, out of our mouth. Uh, we, Mark was shared on listening, guarding our hearts. Ruth shared on. Uh, when we read through Proverbs, um, you don't have to read very far before you come up to the topic that we're going to look at today. And I, I want to apologize before I even get into it, if in any way I make anyone feel uncomfortable with the topic. That's right. Today we're talking about sexual purity. Um, it's a topic that actually the world has a voice very strongly in. It's, it's, it's something that you don't have to watch too many movies to see a message portrayed of what sex should look like, what sexual, our sexual lives should be like. And the reality is, is that when you read through Proverbs, and if you're reading through Proverbs, you'll come across this verse after verse, and say, in fact, actually three chapters are together talking about this very topic. And so I felt there is no way that we cannot talk about it when it's clearly in Scripture. It's there for the eyes to see. The Bible is not silent on a subject that sometimes we become uncomfortable talking about, so we don't talk about it. And yet there's a voice, there's a heart of God in it that must be heard for all of us. I, I want to start with this understanding that sexual fulfillment is a gift from God. The world didn't create sex, actually God did. It was God's idea. It was something He ordained. It was something He planned in advance for us. It was his, his knowledge. It was for our pleasure and fulfillment in our lives. And actually, it's something that, if it's done God's way, actually, it's something. It's a source of life. It's a source of blessing. In the marriage course that uh, comes out of HDB, there's one of the, the thoughts they say is, actually, sex in marriage isn't like the icing on the cake. It is a key ingredient of the cake. 
It is something that's part of, of our relationships and it needs to be, as far as our marriage relationships, it needs to be there. So long as it's used within the parameters that God has set. And the enemy's trying to distort it. Um, right from Genesis, we, we see, see the enemy's trying to dis- distort this amazing gift. And generation after generation, and leader after leader, and individual after, has fallen to the same lies and deception. Even we don't have to look too far to see that. In Genesis, we see it in King David, falling for this trap that leads to consequences that God never intended us to have in our lives. And so this morning, we're going to uh, look at how best to use this gift that God has given from what we read in Proverbs verses five, tra- chapter 5, verses 15 to 23. Are you ready for this this morning? This might be a message you'll never forget. <laughs> Hopefully for the good reasons. All right, here we go. Drink water from your own cistern. Running water from your own well. Should your spring overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with stranger. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you be ever, um, may you ever be intoxicated with her love. Why, my son, be intoxicated with another man's wife. Why embrace the bosom of a, of a wayward woman? For your ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines your paths. The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sin hold them fast. For lack of discipline, they will die, led astray by their own great folly. Interesting passage of Scripture, isn't it? Um, here we have really this this... This chapter, these chapters all around it, speaking from a father to a son perspective. And, and if you read it in its entirety, it's really saying, it's like, my son, here, here's some words of wisdom. And it's to start with, th- this gift that God has given us is to be used exclusively. We have at the very beginning of this passage, drink water from your own cistern, from your own well. Let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. What's he talking about here? He's not talking about water. Okay? You read the verses before it and you read the verses after it. He's not talking about water. It's an analogy. It's a picture of our sexuality. It is yours and yours alone. It is yours to be with your, your spouse. The greatest sexual fulfillment can only be found in this exclusive relationship between a man and a woman. This is to be an exclusive relationship. We see in this picture, this passage of scripture, it's an exclusive relationship. Anything else harms us or even destroys us. The very thing that can bring life and fulfillment in our lives, actually the enemy can ensnare us with and hold us back. And I, I've got an example here um, under this sheet. That's right. It's not magic, don't worry. <laughs> However, we do have this example of, of a cistern, of a well, right? And uh, to drink water from your own well. And so I, I'm going to liken to this. this. This picture would be a picture of marriage, okay? It would be a, a relationship. And so you get married, and you've got a sealed cap. A sealed cap of your water. And you pour it into this this picture, this well, okay? This is your contribution. Another sealed cap 
poured into this. Now, you come together, you get married, you have a wonderful ceremony, you have a nice reception, you have nice speeches, but then you pour this water out and you share it together. Mmm, it's nice water. Mmm. You go on a honeymoon. You drink a lot of water. You'll never look at water the same, will you? Honey, I'm really thirsty. So here we have, we have this, this, this refreshing. It's a drink water from your own. Go to your picture. Go to this source that that's yours alone. It isn't to be poured out to everyone else. It's, it's yours. It's exclusive. It's this exclusive water to drink. And when we drink it, we're satisfied. There's something deep in our souls because it's pure. It's untainted. It's, it's something beautiful. And actually, no matter how much we drink it, there's a fulfillment that comes to us because it's the way that God intended it to be. All right. However, we have this lie from the enemy and this temptation from the enemy that we see or we allow our hearts to be drawn to someone else. And again, this can, can I just say, for those who are single in this room, I hope this message equally applies to your life because we have a choice with what we do with this body, right? This body is yours. And when we get married, our body belongs to the other. But actually, we have a choice still as to where we engage this body of ours. In fact, the Bible talks about this is when we sin sexually, it's, it's the only sin that we sin against ourselves in that sense of deep within our souls. And so we, we come across someone else. And although we may, in the marriage context, we might have this well, this stream that, that can bear life. We, we, we all of a sudden see this other person and maybe someone at the office or maybe it's someone else. Uh, and again, if you're not married, it's, it's this draw, this temptation in a relationship. And, and so we actually, instead of going to the source of where it finds fulfillment, we actually, we, we start to, we go down this road. Okay. And we start to, we, 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 we test a relationship outside of the boundaries that God has given. Now, the reality is, is that both started off as these pure water, this pure, this pure source. But unfortunately, when we mix it into a container that isn't the way God had intended, it, it destroys the, the purity of it and the satisfying nature of it. And so what happens is we, we might even have a one night stand or we might just have this one time experience, this, this marriage, this sexual experience outside of, outside of marriage. And, uh, although the Bible says sin can be pleasurable for a season. Okay. Don't get me wrong. There is a truth to that. However, we drink of it. It's different. <laughs> but as you can see in this glass, it leaves a residue. It leaves a residue. When something is within God's standard, the glass, ourselves, we, we remain un, untainted by the experience. When something is done God's way, it, we remain untainted by it because it's within the boundaries that God has set. However, when we do it our way, we start to leave a, it starts to leave a residue. You can't have a sexual experience with someone and, and it not touch you and change you in some way. And so if you start having relationship after relationship, and again, can I just say whether you're married or you're, you're not married in this room, when you start to do that and when you start to keep pouring your cup into this, 
this picture that isn't from God, we start to have more and more of a buildup of stuff, memories, experiences that the Bible says actually ensnare us. They hold us captive. They, they, they hold us back. And so this beautiful gift that God has given, actually, we start to have a cup that becomes dirty in a, in a sense. And even the world would, would, would talk about that in that, that concept of, you know, if you're sleeping around, there's kind of still a, for most people in society, there's kind of a, an a view that that's also not very good. There's a dirtiness to that. Why? Because what God has intended for purity is defiled by our own wishes, our own lusts, our own our own uh, wish to find a fulfillment. The problem is, is that when we don't do it God's way, we're always left with this stuff. King David found that there was stuff in the glass afterwards. It was death of his son. You know, it was problems in in his life. And so for you and for me, when we look at this gift of of sex that God has given to us as humanity, if we do it God's way, it's with purity and it's 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 a beautiful thing. But the starting point is is an exclusive relationship. The world will say, you know, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Your body's created for one other person. Now I understand, you know, God can redeem God, you know, we, we can have made decisions before we came to know Christ. You know, God is able to sanctify and purify. However, this day forward, we best not be pouring our water into a jug that's not our spouses or belonging to ourselves and our spouses. So the first starting point in this message is that God has called us to enjoy the gift exclusively. It is an exclusive gift. And so those who are married, it's an exclusive gift between you and your spouse. Those who are single, it's an exclusive gift to save yourself. If God brings someone along, it's in God's hands. But the reality is, don't give way to the lie that it's just a one-night experience. It isn't. It will stay with you for the rest of your life. And again, God can redeem you. He can set you free. However, you still will have a memory. And it's easier to be freed before you're ensnared. And afterwards, the second thing is this. It is to be enjoyed. Okay, so the first thing is exclusive. The second thing is to be enjoyed. May your fountain be blessed. What's he talking about? He's talking about water? No, he's not talking about water. May your fountain be blessed. I told you, you won't forget this message. May your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breasts satisfy you always. Okay, and if this is not talking about sex, I don't know what is. Over history, I think the church has been very good about talking about what we can't do. Okay? You know, and again, there's a, certainly a place for that. We, we don't have affairs. We, we don't have sex before marriage. We don't do all those things. But here in this passage of scripture, he's talking very much about the things that we do do, that we can enjoy. Sometimes I think we look at God as a killjoy. All the don'ts. I give me the Ten Commandments help us with that perspective. All the do not, do not, do not, do not. However, the Bible says in here, enjoy. May your fountain be blessed. May you enjoy your spouse. This passage speaks the very opposite. To be satisfied, to be fulfilled. Sex is not just something to have children. Correct? Come on. <laughs> If I'm in this subject, you're in this subject as well. We're in this together, guys. 
My daughter wishes she wasn't in this subject today. <laughs> Wish she was on the youth rota this, this morning. For married couples, couples I, can I just say, that the Bible says, may this, may this be, um, what does it say again? It says, may your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth. This is something that, uh, as, as married couples, it, it isn't to be something that's dull and predictable. And so we just, we just, we, we did it once years ago for having kids. That, and now actually it's not part of our relationship. Actually, it's something that needs to be very much part of our relationship. You see, uh, I think when we look at the divorce statistic, even within the church, you know, this is a leading cause. It's a leading cause of divorce. Why? Because a partner in the marriage is, is, is not satisfied. And actually, they might have been married for 20, 30 years. And actually, life has a funny way. There's seasons of life and you have kids and there's demands and there's busyness of schedules. And this area of our life as married couples can equally start to diminish. Because it takes work, just like anything else, to keep it fresh, to keep it live, keep it exciting. And so, can I encourage you, married couples, this is not something to just neglect or to, to kind of put underneath the carpet. If it's, if it's not something that is a blessing to both of you, talk about it. Seek help. Don't let it be the silent killer. Can I just say that when couples are happily together, it's the greatest affair proofing you can do in your marriage. Why look elsewhere when everything you're, you're wanting is at home? That's what, that's what we see in the scripture. May you be satisfied with the wife of your youth. Why? Because she meets all your needs. And equally, wives to your husbands, may you be satisfied with the husbands of your youth because he meets all your needs. You don't need to have an affair at the office because your husband is everything you're looking for. Your spouse is the homing device. That even if there was a temptation of an attractive person walking by, you know your heart is longing for the one that's at home. But I tell you what, so many couples I, I, you know, I meet with, and you get the, you, you get the effect after it's happened. And you're dealing with the mess. And that's the mess. This is the mess that happens when we, when we choose to let our fountain flow outside the cup somewhere else. We have a problem. We have a mess. It might have been enjoyable for the night, but now we have a messy life. We got situation that you're picking up the pieces that God never intended you to have. Can I just say that this gift, this beautiful gift, is something that is to be mutually enjoyed and cherished. It is not a one-way street. It's for both to be fulfilled. And so I want to encourage you, married couples, and I, I want to encourage you, single people, to prepare for this going forward. May we be generous and open in this part of our marriage. The third part of this passage we see is this point of it to be without restraint. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Do you know what? Sexual fulfillment within marriage can be without restraint. It's, it's the one thing that we... To be intoxicated is to have too much. It's to do indulge. And you know what? Pretty much everything else in life. We can't eat too much food. And we can't eat too, drink too much alcohol. And we can't do those things that would otherwise bring pleasure to us. We have to limit, don't we? Excess in the Bible, in every other front, is forbidden. Gluttony is a sin. To be intoxicated is a sin. 
But oh, we can be intoxicated with love for our spouse. We can go to indulgence in love for our spouse. The Bible says there is no limit. In fact, it is not wisdom to put a limit there. In marriage, moderation is no virtue on this front. Moderation is no virtue. God gives permission. Can I just say, if life is too busy, and if this has been neglected, make changes. Intoxication cannot happen when we sip a glass once in a while. You will never get intoxicated drinking some alcohol with just a, a smell. A whiff. Come on. You gotta drink deeply. You gotta drink more. <laughs> Amen. I hear the, I hear the, I hear the Italian young man up here. <laughs> Caroline, it's not normally like this, okay? <laughs> normally we're very serious. What's the point? <laughs> the point is this. This is an exclusive relationship. And if we foster it, and if we, we rejoice and we, we bring that, that fulfillment that it's meant to bring in our marriage, and as the seasons come and go, and as kids come and go, and as, as uh, you know, we face illnesses and challenges, but if we keep this area uh, fundamental in our lives, and we protect it as something sacred, and something beautiful. Do you know what? It will continue to intoxicate you. Can I say without shadow of a doubt or without, without hesitation that I'm attracted more to my wife. Sorry, close your ears. <laughs> I'm attracted more to my wife today than the day I married her. And I say that complete, with, with complete honesty. And I hope some of you would say the same, those who are married. I'm attracted more. Why? Because over the years, we, we've taken the time to continue to develop this relationship. And if you continue to develop and you continue to grow, actually there's something that intoxicates you for that person. And it's a beautiful thing in marriage. It's a beautiful thing. And this is what that passage is speaking. It's not speaking about the don'ts so much as it is speaking about the do's. And so can I encourage you, single people, to keep the cap closed until the right person God brings along into your life that you can open that cap for and pour your life into that person. And, and then it's to be something to be enjoyed. Don't give way to the lie that the enemy would have for you, that it doesn't matter, that what happens in the bedroom doesn't really matter. It's just a physical thing. It's not a physical thing. It's a deeply spiritual thing that happens. We connect one with the other in this act. God sees everything we do and it, it comes with this warning. He sees everything we do. He, he, he says, your ways are in full view of the Lord. He examines your paths. Again, what's He talking about? We can do something in the secret room with someone else, but God sees that. Everything is in full view. He, he's got infrared vision. It doesn't matter if it's in the dark. He still sees it. He sees what we're allowing into our thoughts what we're doing in private. If we choose to use the gift in the way that He has given, He's intended, there will be a blessing. But if we choose to not, it'll always come with a cost. Always. The enemy never gives you something for free. You can never just have this moment of pleasure without a cost attached to it. 
when we don't always consider the cost. I mean, I think Caroline was speaking this morning about one cost. Suddenly there's a pregnancy. We didn't expect it. One, one night, there's a cost. And now it comes another decision. Big decisions. Most of those pregnancies, all the pregnancies are outside of, out of marriage context. And it wasn't, you didn't think about the pregnancy element of it. It was just that we got caught away in the moment. Never get caught away in the moment. Allow your heart to be guarded. That the special moment happens on your wedding night. You know, I know of couples uh, that, you know, maybe they had a life before Christ. And there was one couple in particular I, I knew that got married. They had both had experiences, sexual relationships before they got married with other people. It was before they had come to know the Lord. But they had made a decision that they wanted to save that relation. They wanted to save a purity in that relationship till the wedding night. And it was, I would say it was harder for them than for two virgins because they had memories of what that was like and they enjoyed it, the experience. But they fought it. And their wedding night, you know, to their own testimony, it was a wonderful experience. They kept themselves in that relationship pure for that moment. And God redeemed what the enemy had stolen. And it was a beautiful thing. If you choose to use a gift, it will be a blessing if we use it God's way. Proverbs 6, 27 to 28, just as we come to an end here, it says, Can a man scoop fire unto his lap without his clothes being burnt? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? This is in the same context, guys. This is just a bit further on in the passage in the next chapter, but it's the same thought process. We can't play with fire and not be burnt by it if we're not doing it God's way. We might think, it's a physical act, but it's not. Married couples, I just want to encourage you. So on, a, on one side, we, we don't like fires where we shouldn't light fires. We don't engage in stuff we shouldn't as, as single or married people outside the, our, our marriage relationship. But then as couples, I want to encourage you, those who are married in this room, to light a fire again if it's gone out. To, to, to build this as a, as a strength in your relationship. And if it's, if it's already ablaze, just stoke the fire some more. You can get intoxicated. In this relationship with your partner, with your spouse, you can be intoxicated. If you face challenges, talk about it, seek counsel, but don't ignore it. It's not worth it. And again, can I say, sometimes we may have faced things in our, in our background, maybe even as children, other things going on in our life that affects this area of our life. Can I just encourage you? Counseling is not a bad thing. If it helps unlock those things that are holding us back from the enjoyment or the fulfillment it can give. I want to encourage you. The Bible says we can enjoy this. So don't neglect it. God is for us. And He's got a good plan for our lives. And what I think we would like to conceal in the church or maybe make it feel awkward. Actually, the Bible speaks very clearly about I mean, we could look at the Songs of Solomon and we could all blush, couldn't we? But it's there, this beautiful relationship. And I know we can talk about it as a relationship with Christ and the church, but there's a very sexual element there, speaking very much about a man with his wife. And it's beautiful. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.